Another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast coming at you uh, on this uh, Tuesday, July 14th. And as uh, I'm sure you're aware, last week uh, the Big Ten announced that it's going to play all conference games uh, in the fall of 2020, which is not a surprise. Uh, as they, um, uh, And then the Pac-12 soon followed after that, I believe, on two days later on Friday. And then the other three conferences will probably move in that direction later this month, uh, assuming the situation with the virus stays where it's at today. Um, obviously, if it gets worse, then th- that will definitely be the decision. Uh, might be hard to improve those numbers over the next two or three weeks, but that seems to be to be the direction that uh, we'll go with college sports as for now. Uh, still not confident that we're going to get a season off on time from a football standpoint, uh, just based on what's going on across the country and uh, states pulling back on uh, openings. But uh, the conference uh, schedule uh, would seem to make sense uh, in a lot of ways because you keep you know everything in-house. You can adjust on the fly. Uh, you, do, you don't need to go through somebody outside your league to, to figure out the testing protocols, uh, make sure everybody's being tested. The Big Ten should be doing everything on a consistent basis from school to school. I, d- I don't think that's the case uh, right now. Uh, it should be the case, uh, but you know, schools are in different states. States have different rules, uh, different guidelines, uh, but there should be an overall a consistent testing policy and quarantine policy uh, throughout the Big Ten, so all that all this can be measured uh, on equal footing as much as possible. Uh, not sure they'll ever get there, but um, I, I just think that that would help the situation as you make decisions about whether to play or not, or to pause practices, or you know just whatever decisions you're going to make. Uh, if you have, if every school has the same baseline of data and what they're working with, it makes, it makes it easier to, to make those decisions, um, or maybe not easier, but it, everybody has the same information or dealing with the same thing and no one can scream at competitive disadvantage or, or, or whatever, because that's probably going to happen at some point because some schools have paused their voluntary workouts, uh, and others have continued on. Uh, you know, can't wait for the first coach to say, well, the team that we played to start the season had more practice time than we did, so on and so forth, regardless of the sport. But the conference-only situation, I think, is a good idea um, uh, just because, you know, it just ties everybody together. Um, Now, the the question becomes, are they going to play nine games? Are they going to play ten games? Could they play 12 games? Uh, I, I would foresee them probably playing 10 games in a football situation. That way everybody gets five home games, five road games, uh, uh, assuming you can get through a season uh, based on what's happening right now. I think that that is a far-fetched idea. doesn't mean things will change because I think a couple months ago uh, we were all pretty much uh, settled that college football would start on time. You know, especially when the NCAA came out with its practice plan for the summer, uh, and and now teams have they are allowed to move into the next phase uh, from a football standpoint, where they get a little bit more time on the field. Uh, coaches can watch, 
before they move into the manda- the, the truly mandatory phase later in the month. But, you know, uh, Maryland, not too long ago, paused activities due to uh, positive tests. Ohio State just came back today, or they'll come back on Wednesday after uh, a time of, of pausing activities. So you, you have some interruptions right now. You'll probably have interruptions in the season whenever that starts. Um, so just get ready for a rocky ride. And, you know, the one thing that uh, college sports had on its hands um, when this whole thing started was time. Because if you go back to the spring, um, you know, in March and April, they'd already canceled the spring sports and the spring championships. So the next thing up was going to be the fall season. And that was a long time away at that point. That was uh, eons away. And, they, you know, everybody preached patience, didn't need to make a decision then about what was going to happen four months from now. But now time appears to be speeding up and time is getting crunched as far as getting uh, and making decisions. The Big Ten has taken a step. The Pac-12 has taken a step in making a decision about what they're going to do. But now the next step is, can they do it? Can it get done? Can they start the season on time and then play play a full season, whatever that that is? But we're not going to know that until probably the other conferences announce what they're, they're going to do. I have a hard time uh, believing that they won't follow the same pattern of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Um, but this could be a situation where, depending on where you are in the, in the country, uh, depending on what the virus is doing, uh, probably will determine what kind of season you can have and how many games you can play and whether those need to be all conference games or can you have a non-conference game. And I would assume that most people are up to date as far as what the impact is of not having non-conference football games, not really necessarily for the teams in the Power Five conferences, but those outside. Purdue was scheduled to play Memphis and Air Force at home. Uh, obviously, those games are not going to happen. And Purdue was you know, going to shell out a million and a half dollars to those two teams, which is a big deal. Uh, to their athletic budgets. Now they have to make cuts. They have to look uh, for ways to save money because they were, you'd already budgeted that money. You know, Memphis's case, that's 800 grand that helps a, uh, a football program and an athletic department um, get through the year. And you budget on that and you just can't make up 800 grand uh, like that. You just can't do it. Um, so this, you know, what's happening is having a huge uh, ramification uh, on the world of, of college sports in general, uh, and it will continue to to do that as we kind of get through the fall and look at the winter and see if you know what possibilities there are um, uh, when it comes to basketball and the indoor sports and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, but back to the con- you know conference only from the Big Ten standpoint, uh, one thing that uh, as they're putting together the schedules and they just didn't start putting them together last week, I th- this has been an option that has been on the table for a long time. And most of you probably don't remember, but kind of wrote about it 
Um, not in a major sense, but I think back in the spring, the Nebraska volleyball coach had brought up the idea uh, that his sport might go to just playing conference matches. That was an option on the table. And he talked about it a couple times. I don't think many people paid attention to it uh, because it wasn't in a headline. It wasn't um, splashed everywhere. It was just kind of part of a story uh, about the state of Nebraska volleyball and where they were at and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, this idea has been out there for a while uh, about just playing conference games only. It was just a matter of football would follow that or would they try to play, you know, non-conference games as well? But now, now we know the answer. We just we don't officially know the number, although it's probably going to be ten. Uh, and as I said, that's five home and five away. Uh, and I would assume they're going to keep the division set up. Um, but it, you know, I think that's a question that you know is worth being asked: is do they keep the division set up? And I, I would probably say they would because it keeps teams kind of closer together you know Purdue for instance can drive or bus to Illinois and Northwestern and even Wisconsin um, probably bus to Iowa if he had to obviously you can bus to Indiana you can bus to Michigan and Michigan State I know they're on the east and same with Ohio State so Purdue's in a in a centrally located uh, position where they can bus and I do know that they're they're going to try to Put together the schedule that uh, limits air travel as much as possible for two reasons. One, you, you, flying during a, a pandemic is not really one thing you want to do, although it, they would be charter planes and everybody on that plane would have been tested and you know the results of those tests. Um, but it doesn't mean you don't bring it back from wherever you went. It looks say Purdue goes to Nebraska and plays the opener as scheduled on September 5th. Everybody that gets on the Purdue plane uh, has been tested. They're negative, but doesn't mean when they come back that they're still negative because of whatever interactions they had in Nebraska. Uh, and then the players playing the game and potentially picking up the virus just through the course of playing. Uh, so the, I, I know the Big Ten and other conferences are going to try to limit air travel as much as possible, but it's it's virtually impossible to do that because you're, you're stretching a conference from Lincoln, Nebraska to College Park, Maryland. Um, you're, you're spanning a lot of states, and you just can't get there by bus. I mean, Maryland and Rutgers and Penn State, they could probably drive to each other, but can they drive to Ohio State? Can you drive to Michigan? Can you drive to Michigan State? Can you drive to Bloomington? Uh, if you're sticking just with the East Coast, and then on the West Side, you got Nebraska and Iowa out there. Sure, they can drive to, you know, Iowa can drive to Minnesota and possibly Wisconsin, you know, and, and Northwestern. Uh, they probably get to Purdue, just like Purdue can get to them. In Illinois, there's a lot of things you can do there, but. Uh, they, uh, but you know, Nebraska's in a situation where, you know, it's going to have to fly to a lot, a lot of their games, even in in, even on their side of the division. So, um, but you know, limiting air travel is a concern. The other part is expense. You're just trying to limit expenses as well. 
but you might have to, these are expenses that might have to be occurred because um, you, you just have to do it. Uh, you just, you have to go that direction, but athletic departments are trying to trim the budget as much as possible. And, you know, I think the Big Ten's trying to help in that regard. Uh, I, I would imagine that they would blow up the schedule the way it is right now. Uh, like the dates that Purdue has Big Ten games on its schedule may not be the dates that they they play um, when the new schedule comes out. I, I would think there'll be a lot of adjustments. There might be some games that, that, uh, that play uh, on the same date, uh, but there'll probably be others that won't. And, you know, Purdue is scheduled – from the east, at least to play Rutgers at home in Michigan on the road, along with uh, Indiana. I don't think that'll change. Uh, but you could see Purdue get new opponents from the east. Ohio State, as I mentioned, is a drive. Uh, you could, you know, Ohio, Ohio State could drive to Purdue if it had to. Purdue could drive to Ohio State if it had to uh, to, to save money and kind of keep things. Um, under control and not not have uh, not have to fly, uh, but those are those are some of the tweaks that you're trying. They're trying to get done. You know, it, it's uh, it's a difficult process throwing the, a schedule together at the last minute. I'm sure they would love to keep the pieces in place the way they are, and then just kind of add some things here and there. But I, I don't know if they'll be able to do that or not. Uh, but I would expect the schedule to be out uh, sometime uh, by the end of July. You know, I think August 1st is coming up as an important date uh, for college football to see if it can start on time, and that would line up with the, the decisions uh, from the other leagues as far as when they're going to make them or at least announce them. Um, so I, I think August 1st is a, is probably going to be an important date to whether uh, this thing's going to get going. I, I, don't, I, don't, I would not anticipate – uh, anybody canceling the season on August 1st unless the virus is com- just completely taken over the country and there's absolutely no – and every, every state has a stay-at-home order, so on and so forth. Uh, I, I think you'll probably see the season get pushed back a week or two, maybe three weeks, um, and I think they'll just keep kind of keep pushing back until they can't push back any farther. Um, and you don't want to – you really don't want to get into December uh, playing uh, a 12th game or a 10th game or whatever it is. Um, and I, that's why I think it's important, and I, I wrote about this on JC Online, I, I think it's important to take your rivalry games that we see at the end of the year, uh, the last week uh, during that you know that Thanksgiving week, and, and play them in, in September and maybe early October. I think you should schedule Purdue and Indiana uh, in September um, as I wrote, why not Labor Day? Uh, that would be fine. Or at some point early in the year, uh, same with Michigan and Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and so on and so forth. In you know, Ohio State, Michigan uh, is is one that you want played, and you don't want to wait around until the end of the year, and you didn't get to play the game because uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so I, I think you move up those games. I also think that it would be wise to play as many division games as you can early in the year, or at least when you start your season. That is the emphasis that uh, that you can play. You play those division games, and therefore, at least you have some, you know, something of a division 
uh, situation going where um, you, you can maybe crown a champion uh, or at least move in that direction. And I think he, you know, I think he, you can save your your non rivalry East West games uh, like a Rutgers or Purdue or, or Michigan or Purdue, for example, uh, until later in the year. Um, and if those games get played, fine. If they don't, no big loss. Uh, but I, I think the emph- emphasis should be on uh, division games early on, rivalry games uh, early on, and, and try to get them played. Uh, they would be attractive for TV. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I, as I wrote, uh, you know, I think the Michigan-Ohio State game playing a night night game on Saturday in, in September would be would be kind of cool and it would be uh, it would add an element to this season that uh, that we'd not that we would not expect and it would it would give give people a reason to get excited uh, about about what was going to happen but um, you know I don't know I, I, I don't know what they'll eventually do uh, you hope you see some tweaks I think I think they will you know, first of all, they have to, they have to come to uh, to a consensus on the number of games that they're going to play, uh, and then and then move forward from there. But regardless, um, athletic departments are going to take a financial hit, even if it's you know ten games and you get five home games. Remember, Purdue is scheduled to only play six home games, so uh, they were going to have uh, they were going to come up short from a revenue standpoint uh, to start with, even though that was part of their budget. Uh, for this fiscal year, but uh, you, you, now you're going to take away one more home game, but you're still not going to have 100% capacity. Um, you're, you're probably still looking at 50% at best, uh, and based on the direction of things are going right now, um, you know you, you may not get anybody uh, in certain parts of the country. I, I don't know how you can justify allowing gatherings. Um, of 10,000 people. I mean, how do you, in Florida, how do you, how do you justify that right now with the, the, the positive cases that are just going through the roof down there? And I know there's other numbers that are probably a little bit more important than that, but still, um, you're, I just, I just don't see it. And I think, as I've mentioned before, I think, um, people, lean on the science and the medical advice when they want to, but when they want to play football or play sports, they ignore the science and the medical advice. Um, and I, you know, I think that, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, and that's why, you know, it's really important that, you know, football's not going to have a, a commissioner or somebody in charge. You know, I, I think as most of you know, the NCAA really has no, oversight when it comes to the playing of college football and the scheduling of college football. Uh, I know that that's hard to believe, but that's the situation that uh, the organization put itself in many, many years ago and allowed the bowl system to dictate. Uh, and that's why you have, that's why the NCAA does not sponsor a division one football championship. They just don't. And I know that can be confusing to people. They sponsor all the other championships and all the other sports. They even sponsor a, a championship at the FCS level and the Division II level and the Division III level. But the money over the years have got, has gotten so big that the conferences will not relinquish that that power. And 
And this is a time where you need someone in charge of college football to kind of dictate things. And by not having that commissioner or having that point person, at least in basketball, the NCAA is the point person for you know college basketball. They can call off the NCAA championships. NCAA can't call off the Rose Bowl. They can't call off the you know the college football playoff. They can't call off the Sugar Bowl. They can't call off the Weed Eater Bowl or what you know whatever minor bowl is out there. They 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 can't do. It. They don't have that authority. They don't have that power to do that. And that's you know and that's the situation that we find ourselves in now because we don't have someone in charge of college football. You have basically five conferences in charge of college football, all at times going in different directions with different needs. And we could see one conference not play this year, but other conferences play based on where you're located in the country and what the virus is doing. And that would be really odd (laughs) to see. Um, But I, you know, I, I kind of hold out hope that if one conference you know, if four conferences play, I, you know, you got to think the fifth will play as well, but, but maybe not, you know, if, as you look at what's happening in the Southern part of the country, and as you get out to Arizona and California, maybe it's just not going to be feasible. It's going to take, it's going to take a governor in one of the, one of those States to say, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to play. Not only you can't have fans in the stands, but we're not going to allow you to play. And therefore, there becomes your commissioners of college football, usually your governors. The governors are going to have to step into that role eventually and make help make those decisions if, if the commissioners and people associated with athletics will, will listen to them. Um, but, you know, if the governor says you can't have gatherings of over 100 people, then you can't have gatherings of over 100 people. You have to enforce that or everybody that goes in the stadium has to wear a mask. Um, so, we're again, we're in still for a rocky ride uh, of things that are going to happen and it's going gonna, it's gonna to move differently and quickly, I think. I think things are starting to speed up. And, you know, I think the end of July, early August, we'll probably get some more clarity about what's going to happen for sure. But meanwhile, teams will continue to, to practice, uh, get ready for the season as they should, uh, along with all the other sports. Uh, so, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And you're venturing into, you know, after the fall about what, what happens in the winter with basketball. And there's talk of moving the season up. There's talk of... Um, doing some other things. I, I would anticipate right now that, um, at least from the Big Ten standpoint, when you start looking at the basketball schedule, I, I could very easily see them just wiping out all the non-conference games. Now, they might keep, you, you know, they might keep like your Big Ten ACC challenges, your Gabbitt games, but beyond that, you know, if we're still in the same situation with the virus, what's the point of um, of playing a bunch of non-conference games? Uh, you know, Purdue was, Purdue was scheduled to play Yale, 
at the end of December, but that game's off now because the Ivy League has uh, postponed all athletic activities through December 31st. So Purdue has to go find an opponent. It may not need to find an opponent. Or maybe they allow basketball teams, if you can uh, drive, drive to a game that you could play it. You know, Purdue has, I believe, Evansville uh, coming up to open up the season. Uh, I think they're playing Indiana State uh, at Mackey Arena, so that might be an option. Or they, they just wipe out the non-conference games uh, in general, all of them, and just go to um, playing all, all conference games. Uh, maybe at the end of December you start. If, if I was the czar of the Big Ten – from a basketball standpoint for men and women, I would say, okay, I'm going to play 26 conference games round robin. You're going to go back to the old days in the 1980s, the 1970s of travel partners, Purdue and Indiana, one weekend. They go to, they play Michigan and Michigan State on a Friday, uh, Friday and Sunday, or they play a Thursday, Saturday. Um, and that's how you handle it. And I also think that you probably do women's games kind of in the same way. If you're chartering, then I think uh, you've got to put two teams on that plane to save money. Um, And that's, that's what's going to happen. I think there's a lot of options on the table. I think there's start, I think conferences are just starting to get into basketball and trying to figure out exactly what can be done. Uh, It's a different situation since it's indoor uh, as opposed to to being outdoor, uh, a venue like football. Uh, so yeah, a lot to be determined, uh, but just some, some things to, to keep an eye on, you know, like Purdue's men and women are, we're supposed to play in Cancun over Thanksgiving. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, they, they might still play the tournament if non-conference games are allowed. Uh, but that will be moved to location in Florida, probably around Melbourne. Uh, and that announcement probably should be coming out pretty soon, uh, as far as, um, you know, the dates and the times and the opponents for, for those kind of games. But, you know, those could end up getting wiped out as well. But that's something that, uh, um, uh, something to, uh, they kind of look forward to, uh, from, from a scheduling standpoint, you know, they have usually by this time or getting into next month, usually find out the big 10 schedule from a basketball standpoint. I don't think we'll see that, uh, next month, uh, especially if football gets delayed or, there's still some issues with football. You know, right now the focus is on just trying to get that uh, situation uh, settled uh, as much as uh, possible. Anyway, I appreciate you stopping by uh, today. Uh, try to put together podcasts as news happens. Uh, was on vacation when the Big Ten announced what it was going to do. I'll probably be on vacation again the next time. Uh, that always happens to uh, my, my co-worker, Sam King. Leave him in charge. Uh, Let's see, you had three furlough weeks and one vacation week, and each, in each one of those weeks, something from a uh, Purdue standpoint happened where he had to deal with it. I think it was, um, you know, I think no Joe Eastern situations popped up twice during uh, during furlough weeks, and then the Big Ten stuff happened for him. So uh, that's just the way that's just the way it goes. But anyway, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, today to check in on the podcast and if you have questions or comments uh, reach out uh, via twitter or your email and be happy to to discuss those and uh, ramble on about any questions that that you have 
because basically we have unlimited time to talk about whatever I want to talk about or whatever you want to talk about. Okay, until next time, uh, have a good day, and thanks for listening to the Bowlers Extra podcast.